Hello, I'm Jennifer Hansen, and you're listening to Take a Breath, a series where we ask some of the amazing people who work within our Free02 community to sit with us, take a breath, and tell us their stories. We'll hear all about the passions, heartaches, hopes, and fears of our friends who dedicate their lives to bringing breath to others. This year, Take a Breath with 302 has initiated a three-year gender equity strategy with the aim to improve health outcomes for women and girls in low-resource settings and make advances towards the UN goal of achieving gender equality and empowering all women and girls. In this season, we'll be speaking with three incredible women from across Africa who are working in healthcare and advocacy spaces to enhance the lives of girls and women and make advances towards achieving gender equality. In today's episode, I'll be chatting with Mercy Kapitakosa, who runs the Wanda Kwesa community-led organisation working to improve access to healthcare in remote areas in Malawi. Now, that is quite a job. Given only 46% of Malawians live within reach of a health facility, so welcome, Mercy, to the podcast and congratulations on the wonderful work you're doing in the health sector. Uh, hi, Jennifer. It's a pleasure speaking with you today and thanks for giving me this opportunity to share. Oh, that's a pleasure. And I, I watched a video about what you are actually doing in Malawi. It, it really seems that you've got a pretty big challenge ahead of you. But before we talk about that, let's go back to the beginning. It seems you are quite used to challenges because you've accomplished some pretty remarkable academic achievements already, receiving a scholarship to undertake a Bachelor of Science degree in nursing at Africa University. And all the time, you were also a young wife and mother. How did you manage to do both? Who am I? I'm a daughter, I'm a wife, I'm a friend. So I'm from Malawi, a landlocked country with a population of over 18 million. Just like anybody else, I have encountered challenges. The only difference is that I have access to opportunities. So, and the access to opportunities is still the only exclusive to a few or political or those that are live in certain geographical areas. So this is what drives me to create opportunities for fellow Malawians. And of course, using the lens that I know best, healthcare provision and delivery. Are educational opportunities equal for girls and boys in Africa? Not necessarily, uh, it's not equal. So the girl child has limited access to, the, to education compared to boys. So it was harder for you to, to actually to, to study at university? Yes, that was really hard. So I had opportunity to access university education that is only very limited to a few girls in, in our country. And what was it that inspired you to pursue a career in public health? When you live in a country where, as you said, only 46% of the population live within a reach of health facility and lack of access to basic care in remote, hard to reach areas. As a nurse and an entrepreneur, you have no choice than to think big and bold on what can drive most value and what could be the backbone of other development. So healthcare is the backbone of everything. This comes naturally to me. So it was that that inspired you to start Wandiquaza? Yes. So when I finished school, I started working in one of the central hospitals in Malawi. 
I learned a lot. I understood where the gaps are in terms of healthcare. The way healthcare delivery and financing is structured follows most of the times colonial standards. Yes. Where there are health facilities and trained nurses and doctors available. But we know in the communities where we live, this is not a reality. So here I'm speaking on behalf of about 90% 90, 90 of Malawians who even if they wanted to, would be incredibly challenged to have access to healthcare through health facilities. Uh, reasons why health, reasons why Wandikweza focuses on community health workers with relationship and trust from the community. So the Wandikweza Health Centre opens very soon. I think it's next month, isn't it? Yes. So what are the main health issues the centre is wanting to help the community? Uh, there's lack of access to healthcare services in our community. So um, we are targeting mothers and we are targeting also children. So our main aim is to, to improve the healthcare of ma mothers and children, providing access to the ultra poor Malawians living in hard to reach areas. So we are also going to act as a referral, as a referral health center for our community health workers and also the communities where we are in. We learned, um, uh, we learned that some, you know, our work concerns community health workers. So when they're in the community, they make referrals right now to government facilities, mm -hmm. but the government facilities, they are also far from us, about 15 kilometers from where we stay. So we are also shortening the distance of um, women and children accessing healthcare closer to them. Well, as you said, with 90% of the population not really able to access healthcare centres, it must seem like such a huge challenge that lies ahead. Does it sometimes seem too overwhelming? It is certainly overwhelming, but we centre ourselves around possibilities and making small steps. I'm convinced we can turn the challenges into opportunities. The whole, the whole health outcome financing is a big problem. Think about this, only 2% of the international funding and humanitarian funding goes to local leaders like me. This is the biggest challenge, only 2% of funding worldwide. Think about it for a second. We are delivering the in extremely hard conditions. At time, it seems like an, up, an uphill crime. It would be good to have donors trust folks like us with personal experience, but also with proximity to the people we serve. It's embarrassing to be honest, to see USID, the World Bank, be the one leading healthcare in Africa and in Malawi. It would be problematic if I was in charge of, of if I was in charge to resolve Australian health issues, proximity matters. That's what we are. That's how things work. It's uh, yes. It's it's very. There's a shocking imbalance on a global level, isn't there? Is fundraising and raising awareness about these issues part of the job for you? Yes, uh, fundraising is part of what we do. But just as I said, uh, it's really hard to find trust for local organisations like us, Wandikweza. And do you have any specific goals with Wandekweza? Say, for example, you said 90% uh, of Malawians don't really have access to healthcare. 
incrementally over time, are you hoping to make it, say, um, you hope 20% of Malawians will have access by the end of next year, or are there any specific goals like that? Yes, so we want to reduce maternal and child, uh, we want to reduce maternal and child mortality by 25% by 2025. And that is that would be wonderful. And speaking of prevention, uh, the Wonderquasar quarterly report notes that the challenge is involved with a low supply of COVID vaccines. What is the situation currently in Malawi with COVID? Uh, COVID vaccine uptake among the eligible population is slow due to availability and also hesitancy. More than half of million, more, more than half a million Malawians now have been vaccinated since uh, March 2021. There are people who are who are really who really want to get vaccinated, but have trouble accessing it as they have to travel long distances to get health uh, to health facilities. But the but the government is uh, providing mobile uh, vaccine units that have been rolled out in some districts. Also, the government or the country got um, some vac vaccine through the. COVAX facility, that, that's the Johnson Johnson and the AstraZeneca. And yep. vaccination is not mandatory in Malawi right now. Concerning misinformation, this is now universal. It has not spared Malawi, but so much work is being done like scaling up communication efforts to address vaccine hesitancy by working with local structures and leaders to mobilize people to get vaccines. We are looking at partnering with other organizations to also promote vaccination in our community. Due to our proximity to our communities, we serve, we have the community trust. But we can't only address COVID. There are also other diseases like malaria. So COVID should have found us with an infrastructure to respond. Unfortunately, this did not happen. But this is an opportunity to build better. So will that be part of Wonderquaze's goals to also provide vaccination? Yes, uh, currently right now in collaboration with the government, we are also running the mobile vaccine units. Right, and what about um, in particular for women? What are some of the barriers that face women who are seeking healthcare in Malawi? Uh, one of the barriers is cultural beliefs. So in, in some of the communities, uh, women are not, they don't, are not allowed to make decisions. So they, make, they don't make decisions concerning their health, their husbands or men do. And uh, this is the main challenge concerning women. But we are, we are seeing a difference because now women are taking charge of their, of their health. We are seeing more, more voices coming in and we are seeing uh, women taking care or going to seek health facilities on time. So what Wanduqueza is doing is to prevent delay. It's to prevent delay, work with local leaders to make sure that women have power to make decisions concerning their health. Well, that must be quite um, rewarding to see that cultural change, that women are being more proactive uh, as well, I mean, Wadakweza has, as you said, their fabulous program, Nurses on a Bike, and that provides the maternal and childcare visits uh, to rural areas. Can you tell us a bit more about this program? So our, our community health workers provide uh, proactive research for patients through door-to-door -door home visits, but there are some cases that uh, they cannot handle. For example, if a child is conversing at, at, the, at the home, 
the community health workers cannot handle, may not handle conversions, call a nurse on a bike. So the nurse on a bike, they provide um, emergency care at, a, at the doorstep by uh, responding or supporting the work of community health workers. They also provide antenatal and postnatal care at the doorstep. And I think, uh, from what I understand, you want to build up the number of nurses who are working in the program to 20. How are you going to do that? Uh, nurses on a bike conduct home visits that enables them to observe the families, social environments, interactions and rituals, as well as creating an overall picture that increases their ability to intervene and give tailored guidance uh, at the, and support at the doorstep. So through the home uh, visit settings, nurses feel they are more personal in relationship with the families. Nurses feel more humble by being a visitor. So um, the nurses on a bike, it shifts power from a clinical setting to the family setting. So there's balance between the families and the nurses. And we are going to partner with other organizations and communities to recruit more. Because we have seen that uh, enough time is spent when the nurses do the, the home visits. And this is an important aspect on our side. And does it help that the nurses are from the local community? They're not people from the outside coming in. Does that help with community trust? Yes, it does, because they're always there. The proximity to the, the communicate to the people makes the people have trust. Because like with the cases of COVID, no one left. So we were there with the community. Uh, despite the pandemic, we find ways of working together with the pandemic, with the people, despite the pandemic. So we are always there with the community. And how does that feel for you to be part of an organisation that is affecting such positive change, as you said, with, you know, women feeling more empowered to take steps in their own health care? It, it feels... It really feels empowering because Wandekwe that's built on the shoulders of uh, community health workers who work in their own communities on the ground. So we see positive impacts uh, because they are, uh, people trust the community health workers, they engage the community health workers and also the local leaders. Our work, we work with the local leaders and we have seen the successful demonstration that the engagement with the local leaders does, especially attitudes, change in attitudes uh, towards health. And we have also seen uh, in, in, um, improved health at outcomes. Yes, that's fantastic. And as you were speaking before, sadly, about the high maternal mortality rates and infant mortality rates in Malawi, I think the uh, Wonderquasa website says that the infant mortality rates are estimated at 84 in 1,000 births. What are the key causes of deaths for infants? Uh, the major possible contributing factors are asphy asphyxia and prematurity. So the issue of as asphyxia comes as a result of inadequate monitoring of mothers in labor, delay or delay in decision-making at all levels, as well as lack of adequate supply of oxygen in limited resource areas. In case of prematurity, this is inconsistent with uh, lack of availability of drugs like dexamethasone or inadequate heaters in the nursery wards. 
Well, as you know, FreeO2's foundation works to increase access to medical oxygen and under-resourced periphery of health services. And with pneumonia remaining the single largest killer of children worldwide, what do you think access to oxygen would mean for mothers and children in Malawi? What access to oxygen means in Western world hospitals is also what it means here. We are talking about leveraging the playground and few equipping uh, health facilities with resources to drive healthcare outcomes and save lives. So oxygen before COVID was overlooked before funders, and now we need oxygen more than before. Africa and Malawi health facilities also, uh, they are challenged by non-communicable diseases, but similar to oxygen, these uh, seem to, to be luxury, but we need oxygen now than before, more than before. More than ever, yes. And what do you yeah. think about the free O2 systems that supply oxygen? I've seen a video myself of how it works. Is it practical for the health facilities you already have? Yes. Uh, yes, it, it, it is very practical because uh, Wanduque has built a good uh, amount of connections in the sector and having uh, oxygen supply, it's going to really save lives, especially with uh, children, newborns, because our, our target is maternal or to improve maternal and new, new, neonatal health. So oxygen is really important. You have said also one day you would like to be Minister of Health in Malawi. What are some of the changes you'd like to see if you win office? Uh, healthcare in most countries is still patriarchal. Men debating, planning and deciding what women's health should be and what budget is allocated to it. So I would look at increasing presentation. As I said earlier, those close to the problem should be close to the solution. In Malawi, we have a ton of experienced women who are not given a chance, that's one. So secondly, I would also do an analysis of our skills and financing gaps and build, bed, and build better based on data, not based on money or availability of money. This is the, the trap that most donors and our government fall into. Thirdly, I would create a value chain from community health to specialized uh, services and financing, service delivery and financing. It sounds like you've definitely got the background to be an excellent Minister of Health. Uh, is this something you see happening in the future? Yes, probably, yes, five, ten years from now. Is it more difficult for women to win roles in government? Yeah, like anywhere, the, the way business and deals are structured make it harder for women to multitask take care of their family, have jobs, spare time to engage in politics. Yeah, the, here we are talking about historical problems that need solving. We are making baby steps, but I would like to think that we are moving to, uh, towards the right direction. So there are a few countries worldwide that have made significant progress, like Rwanda, one of them with 50% um, of women in parliament, this should be the aspiration for others. What's the percentage rate in Malawi? Uh, it's below 50%, it should be 40 and above, below 50%. So are you optimistic with 
the increased number of women in government roles and the steps that you're taking, which are fantastic. Are you optimistic about the future of women's health in Malawi? Absolutely. More and more women are becoming vocal about what they want, including taking, char taking charge of their own health care. So the future is bright. You have accomplished so much as a young woman in the global gender discrimination areas. Have there been any female role models in your life that have inspired you? Yes, my mom and my grandmother, they've been always there for me. My mother and my grandmother didn't go to school, so they really wanted me to go to school. And they taught me to break barriers. So they are a big foundation of my determination. And also they, they raised us. My mom was a single mother and also my grandmother was a single mother. So yes, my mom and my grandmother. And how are your, your family feeling about your... Um political aspirations? Uh, being a woman, it's not easy. So my family, sometimes they feel uh, it's not the right thing to do, but also they are saying, no, we can do it because we need to be inside for us to change. So we need women representation in government for things to change towards women. So they are excited. They give me support. Well, that's fantastic to hear because it sounds like you've already achieved a lot in making positive steps forward in women's health and in healthcare generally in Malawi, what with starting Wanda Kweza and the Nurses on Bikes programs. And hopefully we will see you become Minister of Health in Malawi in the near future. So, Mercy, thank you so much for joining us today and giving us an insight into your work. My pleasure. Thank you so much, Jennifer, for having me today. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our podcast. In this current context of COVID-19, accessible oxygen supply is critical. A hypoxic child cannot survive seven minutes without constant oxygen supply. That's how quickly a baby's life is lost. And that's why Frio2 have made it their mission to keep the oxygen flowing, even when the power cuts out. Please like, share and subscribe to this podcast. You can also follow us on our website, www.frio2.org or on Facebook at Frio2, Instagram and Twitter at Frio2AU and LinkedIn at Frio2 Foundation Australia. Thanks for listening.